This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official beer of Steeler Nation, Crackastonis, pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and this is a new experience for me today. Our writers are busy, and all the players are getting ready for the game. So today, it is just me and just me alone. And uh, there's just so much going on right now that I cannot let this podcast fall by the wayside. It has to happen. Uh, Especially since we've got so much news going on with Antonio Brown. And I know most of my other fellow writers and Steeler Nationers... Don't want to hear about Antonio Brown. Don't care about Antonio Brown. I, for one, love every single second that Antonio Brown continues to be a thorn in the side for anyone not named the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is just complete insanity on a meltdown on a Chernobyl scale that I have never observed in the National Football League. And I've lived through... Terrell Owens in Philadelphia. Uh, we know what he just refused to go to the team because he wanted to force a trade. But at least when he went to the other tr- team, he didn't pretend that everyone was out to get him. Nothing was his fault. And he should be given everything to go out and play football because he's the best ever. So, you know, this is just completely unique. And I, I find the schadenfreude level of enjoyment that I'm getting out of this to be as high as I've ever gotten from any other professional athlete failing so miserably at NFLing. And, you know, honestly, like, how do we get to this point? We as Steeler fans lived through the Antonio Brown saga, which we thought was the worst he could possibly get. I mean, and honestly, it really didn't culminate till the end of the season, but the cracks were showing And they were getting worse and worse as the season progressed. We know we heard things about him throwing things out of a hotel room, uh, furniture, and he he gets uh, a civil suit for that. We hear him speeding in Pittsburgh. You know, no big deal. He throws a Gatorade uh, cooler onto the field or because he's pissed that they didn't see it was open when he did a, a double move against the Ravens last season. You know, in a game the Steelers still won handily. Um, but, you know, it's all about him. And as the season progressed, we got into that unique situation at the end of the season where the Steelers just couldn't really lie to protect this guy anymore. And he couldn't lie to pretend that it wasn't his fault. Last week of the season, preparing for the final game, Steelers still in the playoff hunt. They got division rival Cincinnati on the schedule. Win the game, you might be in the playoffs. What happens to Antonio Brown? Wednesday, he's ready for practice, throwing some roots with Ben Roethlisberger, 
Evidently, he runs a route that Ben didn't like. Ben says, get me somebody out here that can run the right route. And A.B. loses it. You know, in his mind, he's the best receiver ever. How could he possibly run a wrong route? And leaves. Flat out walks out on practice, walks out on the team. This is Wednesday. Thursday doesn't show up. So the the coach calls and asks, hey, where are you? Are you going to show up? Uh, I hurt my knee, was his response. Okay, you hurt your knee. We've got an MRI scheduled for you on Friday. We'll see you then. Friday comes around. MRI appointment. No show. Antonio Brown did not show up for the MRI appointment. Saturday walkthrough. No show. Not talking to players. Not talking to coaches. What's going on, A.B.? Nobody's talking. So, Sunday morning. Finally get a communication. Not from A.B. From his agent. Drew Rosenhaus, who knows how to traverse wide receiver diva meltdowns better than any other agent in NFL history. If you remember, he was the agent for Terrell Owens. What did it mean getting Terrell Owens kicked out of Philadelphia? Almost had a deal with the Ravens and ended up going to Dallas. What did it mean? What did they gain out of acting like a spoiled brat and getting traded from a team? They got another payday. They showed that bad behavior can make you more money in the NFL. And that was his model. He's been doing it lightly ever since. And now he had the 100% perfect candidate, Antonio Brown, who just signed a new contract the year prior. They got him out of that contract and into a brand new $30 million guaranteed contract with the Oakland Raiders. Kind of went down a rabbit hole there. I'll come back to that, put a pin in it. But, you know, back to the Steelers. Rosenhaus contacts... Mike Tomlin on Sunday morning saying, hey, my client can play. Mike Tomlin says, sorry, my friend, that ship has sailed. He didn't show up to his MRI that we scheduled for him. He did not show up to walk through. He did not respond to any of our communications, trying to get a hold of them to see what's going on. So there's no way he is playing in Sunday's game. But you tell your client he needs to show up. Drew Rosenhaus at this time knows there's two years left on the contract. Steelers are not the type of team to fall out on contracts. They've never done it. So Sunday morning comes. Antonio Brown, dressed in his finest furs, shows up to the stadium. Meets with Mike Tomlin two hours before the game. I do not know what was discussed in that conversation. Something probably to the point of accountability and that he needs to be there for his team. And they've got the playoffs possibly coming up the next week and need to get moving for that. So Antonio Brown is seen on the sidelines, smiling away, having a good time. First half comes and goes. Second half, he goes. He doesn't come back to the game at all. Coaches reach out to him. 
No response. Players reach out to him. No response. The owner of the team reaches out to him. The man that signed your paychecks. The man that gave you a job. He reaches out to you. When the owner calls, you pick up. But what does AB do? Nothing. Avoids it. I wouldn't say he done. He did nothing. He actually did something. He unfollowed the Steelers on social media. He unfollowed Ben Roethlisberger on social media. I suppose this is his way of getting back at an organization that has shown him nothing but understanding and covering up for his mistakes over the years. Some people might want to say, hey, maybe they covered up too much. Maybe, perhaps. If somebody has a mental disorder, it doesn't get better, no matter how you treat that person, unless that person wants to get help. And right now, Antonio Brown does not want to get help. He pushed that moment of not being able to play in a game, which did hurt his ability to gain more statistics, which is what he is all about, trying to chase Jerry Rice to become the best receiver ever. It's a great goal. I think he's definitely on on mark to try to do that if he has another 10, 12 solid years like Jerry Rice had the longest career for a wide receiver that I've seen. You know, there's an outside chance of him being able to catch that record, but that diminishes with each game he is kicked out of. So stopping him from being able to play in a game it was one of the most effective forms of punishment you can do to Antonio Brown, but the problem is he took it personally. If you're kicking me out of this game, you'll kick me out of another game. I'm not going to play for you guys. I want to be in there making the plays. I got to get my stats. I got to get my touchdowns. I got to get my yards. I got to get my catches. But no. That was it. They cut ties. Steelers try and work and try to get rid of Antonio Brown because they've reached an impasse. Two years left on the contract. 21 mil in dead money. And the Steelers are still willing to make a trade. They know what they have in Antonio Brown. They try to make a trade with Buffalo. Evidently, and AB didn't like to hear the news from Rosenhaus stating that Buffalo and the Steelers have a deal. So he scuttles it. He goes on social media, shows a little bit more of what he is, and states that he never wants to play for Buffalo. So what happens? Buffalo deal goes under, thanks to Antonio Brown. And now where are they going? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Coach Gruden out there with a 10-year contract, 10 mil a year, $100 million contract. He gets his guy. He gets the best receiver in the league in his mind. And honestly, I can't disagree with you when you see him on the field. Problem is, they ended up getting the worst teammate an organization can possibly get. So then what happens to them? The first chink in the armor, but he had an issue with his quote-unquote cryotherapy. 
where you put your feet in a super cold area. He said he got frostbite. Pictures came out and showed the skin coming off of his feet. Looked like he was really injured. And uh, he said, well, skin's coming off my feet because of the cryotherapy. And frostbite. Now, I'm not a doctor. I know doctors. I speak with doctors. They looked at the picture. Those feet are not frostbitten. Not even close. What they are is run on really hard, trained on very hard. And I think, in my own personal opinion, that since he got his big contract and left the Steelers, he hasn't done any practicing for the first time in his life for about four months. Comes back, tries to do Antonio Brown practices, which is as hard as anyone has ever practiced, from what I hear from his practice reports. And what happens to his feet? They get torn up because his feet are soft. He has no calluses. He hasn't been training. He got soft on the money, tried to come back hard, and his foot, his feet took the brunt. So the one thing that that picture shows me of him with his feet on Instagram was that Antonio Brown is a confirmed liar. Now, it's my opinion. I like my opinion. I stand by it. But to me, it shows he's a liar. It's not cryotherapy. It's him injuring himself, trying to go hard when he hasn't gone at all. He got soft. Money made him soft. So what happens? Now he's got his old helmet he wants to wear. But the league came out and said, hey, we're not allowed to wear these helmets anymore. Happened last year. Last year was the last year you could wear those helmets. But he complains. Hey, look at Tom Brady. He's still wearing his helmet. Oh, no. Nope. Tom Brady stopped wearing it. He's got a new helmet this year. So what does he do? Cries foul. I have to wear this helmet or I'm not playing football ever again. I'm taking my ball and going home. Oh, okay, fine, A.B. You take your ball. You go home. I'm taking my ball, and I'm going home. League and the team say, hey, look, man. You got to find a helmet that works. He went out, tried to find a helmet that works. Went to two different arbitrators. They both turned him down. They said, nope, you got to get a new helmet. So begrudgingly, he shows up in his helmet. Finally starts practicing. Finally starts doing some work. And... Mike Mayock was not happy about it. Right before he came back into practice, Mike says, hey, look, you're either in or you're out. Raiders aren't going to put up with that. So, looked like he was in. Looked like he's coming back. Hey, there's a chance to make nice. There's a chance to salvage this. It's just starting. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. That's fine. AB returns practice. And then... I got to watch something on Hard Knocks, which was the most staged reality television moment that I've ever seen on Hard Knocks. It showed a contrite Antonio Brown talking with his coach, John Gruden, stating, you know, hey, I just want to thank you for standing by me, man. I know this stuff's been crazy. You know, I really appreciate you. 
you know, Gruden looked like back. It's like, look, I, I'm here for you. Let's go out and play some football. Let's start winning some games. You know, seemed like a great comeback story. Put a fine point on it. AB's back. Hey, let's start the season. But then the Raiders did, you know, what a disciplinarian should do to any player that decides to skip out on practice. They say, hey, look, we're finding you. We're finding you for the games or for the practices that you missed that you didn't give an explanation for and you didn't communicate. 54 grand, drop in the bucket. That's nothing. Nothing when you're making 30 mil guaranteed. You know, should be a pass. But he was slighted. They attacked his pocketbook. So now Antonio says, hey, look, I'm going to put this on social media so everybody can see how unfair the Raiders are about singling me out and giving me a fine. For what? For being the best receiver ever? I'm just trying to make this team better. Well, that's his perspective. Anyone with a sane mind would say, hey, look, if you do something wrong, if you don't follow rules, there's repercussions. It's flat out fact in any job you have. If you can't follow the rules, you're going to be punished. Rules are set in stone in the NFL. You don't show up to a practice. You don't show up to a game. You get fined. And that's what happened to Bell. That's what happened to A.B. He got fined. Fine. Should be the end of it. But no. Goes to practice on Wednesday. Gets into a screaming match at the general manager Mayock. Yet again. Had to be restrained by the peacemaker of the NFL, Vontez Perfect. The man that hit that guy so hard in the head, it ended his season. But he was the voice of reason. And you've got to really think about it when Vontez Perfect is the voice of reason in the NFL between Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock. But he's right. You don't go after the GM. You don't go after the head coach. You don't go after the owner when you're playing for an organization. But in Antonio Brown's mind, he is being wronged. So he leaves practice. Goes off on social media. I'm never playing for them again. I am unfriending the Raiders. And I'm unfriending the quarterback. He under, he under <laughs> Again, I mean, it worked in Pittsburgh. He unfriended Roethlisberger. He unfriended the Steelers, and that should be it. Hey, you know, that's how I got away last time. So this time, unfriending the Raiders and Derek Carr as quarterback. It should work again, right? And the crazy thing was, from what people can find on social media, he unfriended Derek Carr for sending him inspirational Bible quotes. Just think about that. You've got a positive influence trying to shape the situation toward A.B.'s favor, and A.B. cuts bait. Dad, 
where's Derek Carr? Oh, no, man. No, no, man. We, we don't play with the Raiders no more. Derek Carr is on the, on, on the Raiders. We, we play in the CFL now. So that is where this is going toward. Is it? No. No. Friday rolls around. It was a big misunderstanding. We're ready for the season. Antonio's so heartfelt in his apology, apologizes to the team. I assume he apologizes to Mayock. He deserved an apology. Should be the end of it. Gruden's happy. Hey, he's going to play on Monday. Let's roll. Let's go, Raider Nation. We're ready for some football. And then the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life releases. Antonio Brown has a full production video come out. Like, complete cuts. It, it, I mean, honestly, well, he's in L.A., so I, I assume somebody can jump over and <laughs> get on Avid and, and whip something up together. But, man, that was a really well-produced video pretty much showing that, hey, I'm Antonio Brown. I'm back. I'm wronged, but I'm back. And I'm not going to apologize because I've got to live my life. And there was some interesting features for that video in spliced with that, you know, the, the visuals of him working out, getting back in the pool with his kids. We hear Coach Gruden supporting him. But still being somewhat firm as much as Coach Gruden can be firm, saying, hey, we need you to play football. We need you to get back. But AB's like, I got to live my life. This is my life. You can't tell me what to do. So it, that video, though well-produced as it was and finely polished, could be construed as being a slight to the Raiders organization for him coming back and get ready to go. Also, really, one interesting fact, too, is the state of California has a law on recording conversations. Both sides of the conversation must know that they are being recorded or it's a felony. Does John Gruden know he was recorded in those phone calls that they used for that video? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Would he care either? I don't know if he'd even care. But if he did, they'd have a case. So then what comes out this morning? Bright and early in the morning. You see Antonio Brown post yet again that he asks to be released from the Raiders. Give me my life. Let me go be me. Release me. And it was confirmed through Jeff Darlington on on ESPN. He confirmed via Twitter that he got an email from Antonio Brown earlier that day stating the Raiders pulled his guarantees. So if that happened, Antonio Brown stated, don't expect me to play on Monday night and I will not be a week-to-week -week football player. 
You haven't even played a down for this team. And you've already scuttled your contract. How's it feel now, Drew? Mr. Rosenhaus? Your perfect formula for getting new money from a diva wide receiver just got flushed down the toilet. There goes your three mil of that 30 million guaranteed. Because, number one, your wide receiver's crazy and he can't play nice. And number two, you couldn't get it to see, you couldn't get AB to see that he needs to behave to the point where his guarantees would actually be guaranteed. Nope. I stand by my client. And now you stand by your client without any money in your hands. You deserve it. Honestly, you deserve it for what you've done to this league for the past couple decades, having to endure diva wide receivers getting traded from team to team. I'm really happy that this situation is happening. And if it goes through, money out of his pocket. And then he's got a client with all the talent in the world. How do you sell him? How do you get another big contract for this guy? Nobody's going to pay Antonio Brown 30 mil. Nowhere near it now from what he did to destroy his career, his season in Los Angeles before it even starts. So now what do you got? At most, maybe a one-year contract, a show-me deal. Nobody's going to invest more than a year in Antonio Brown. You'll do a one-year deal. Maybe it will go up as high as 15 for one year. But I'd be surprised. I think it'd be closer to the 8 to 10 range now. This guy's... <laughs> he's he's just... Damaged goods, man. That's all I can say. I know 10% of the league will not deal with him. Steelers, off the table. Raiders, off the table. Buffalo Bills, off the table. That gives you 29 teams. And most of those 29 teams have seen what he's done for the past two years and will treat him just like a player that has issues coming into a draft, off-field issues, hands off, not going to touch the guy. This guy can't play. Nice. He's not a good teammate. He's going to destroy our locker room, and he's going to cost us games. That's tough. In one year from going to being thought as as one of the best receivers ever to play professional football, to being completely untouchable, that's unheard of. (laughs) And it's not even by his play. He's not injured. He didn't lose a hand. He didn't get in a car wreck. He's done it himself. He is a car wreck. <laughs> Man, and I cannot believe it. I cannot believe how he has fell so hard. But the one thing it tends to show me is, wow, man. The Steelers really look good. I remember when they traded him. A fifth, a third and a fifth and giving up $21 million, It floored me. It killed me as a fan. How could we eat 21 mil in dead money and only get a third and a fifth 
for arguably one of the best players in the, the wide receiver position to ever play. It sat so badly with me that I went the entire offseason, honestly, rethinking my love for the team. I got it back. Fortunately, I got it back. <laughs> and I'm glad that guy didn't cause me to lose my love for the Steelers, which I've had since the 70s. But every time he opens his mouth, Ben Roethlisberger looks like a better guy. Every time he opens his mouth, Mike Tomlin looks like a better coach. Every time he looks like opens his mouth, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization look like geniuses for getting rid of that cancer. Insane. And here's an, an interesting perspective. Antonio Brown chose to go to battle with Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock has a big personality, a big ego, and this was his first big coup as general manager for the Ra Raiders. I went out and I got one of the best receivers in the league for a third-round draft pick and a fifth-round draft pick. Ha! Look at me. I'm the best GM ever. Now he got smacked in the face. Not literally like Antonio Brown alluded to doing to when he said he was going to he wanted to punch him in the face on the Wednesday fight, but figuratively getting punched in the face by his antics repeatedly. It's like a boxer on a speed bag right there. And Max had it. He already came out and said, you're either all in or you're all out. Now, I'm interested to see how he handles this next moment. They have obviously are suspending him, it seems like, for the game, which means they get all the guaranteed money. They still hold all the cards. They still have him under contract. He can't do a thing. He can't leave unless the Raiders decide to let him leave. So what if, in week two, Mike Mayock sends a letter to Drew Rosenhaus stating... Your player has to show up in three days or he is not able to play this season. That's his trump card. That means A.B. has to be a week-to-week -week player if he wants to get statistics. Otherwise, he loses a year. Jerry Rice lost a year with a knee injury. Didn't play one season. Antonio Brown is doing it with a head injury a self-inflicted head injury that could happen. But, you know, I'm sure Rosenhaus is working hard trying to get another another payday to come up for Antonio Brown, but like I said before, who wants him? Who wants the guy? I sure don't. I'd never take him back. Not even for a league minimum contract would I want him back on the Steelers. No way. Done. That ship has sailed. Maybe Bill Belichick can turn him around. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Arbaugh can turn him around in Baltimore. You know, that guy likes a, likes a challenge. Maybe. Maybe Jerry Jones in Dallas, the guy that takes all of your unwanted misfit toys to his island and makes you a cowboy. Yeehaw! 
Maybe he can do it. Maybe. But I'll tell you one thing. If he goes to any one of those teams and he does this again, he makes those coaches and GMs and owners look like fools. Who wants to take that risk? Who wants to lose their fan base over one disgruntled wide receiver? It's the biggest risk and reward you'd ever seen. I just don't see how he can salvage his season this year. I don't. You know, he did follow the Houston, um, yeah, Houston Texans on social media. Is is there some rumblings that maybe Houston's interested in him? Maybe. Buyer beware. You get Antonio Brown. And all that that entails. So that's all I'm going to say on Antonio Brown today. I know I've said a lot, but hell, it, it merited it. What a what a dope, man. Wow. I'm, I'm just really interested to see how this plays out because it gets more and more interesting. Every day, he is not a Pittsburgh Steeler. I am a happier man. Now I get to laugh instead of have have heart palpitations every time he opens his mouth. I am a much happier person because of it and a much happier Steeler fan. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio Brown for making me a happier Steeler fan. I appreciate that. So let's go to Steeler actual news. Let's go to, I want to talk about the injury report first. Um, I got to say this about the Steelers this year. They have done an excellent job this year at managing uh, the health and the injuries of the players on the roster this season, Uh, especially in the offseason. We all know Mike Tomlin does not like playing starters, plays them very limitedly, maybe one or two drives for the major skill players uh, in the entire preseason. Some of the linemen might get three quarters in for the total of the four games, but he likes to protect his team. And that is smart because his teams are healthy going into the year. This is a healthy, healthy, healthy year. They have lost no one. They had two significant injuries in the preseason. In the training camp, I should say. They had Brian Allen, who hurt his ankle. And you had Levon Hooks that hurt his, like, towards Achilles, unfortunately. That's a horrible injury. But both of those players were injured, injured reserved, and then waived. So injury waves. So they're no longer on the team. They probably weren't making the roster again. Sorry for for Brian Allen, who had been on the roster for two previous years. This was supposed to be his breakout year, his make or break, and he broke, unfortunately. And I'm sorry to hear it about him. I hope he can come back to another team or maybe play in another league uh, because he's got the size and the, and the speed metrics to be a, a difference maker. So be interesting to see what he does in the future for maybe another league. And Hooks, he was the training camp darling the previous year. Came back this season. We expect him to be a training camp darling again because it's second year, but no. He got quiet. Isaiah Bugs stepped up. He stepped backward, and that's why Bugs is a stealer. And Hooks is not, but he wouldn't have been a stealer anyway, just from performance, not from the injury. But more health to you, too. Bu- um, uh, sorry. More health to you, though. Hooks, I mean, Achilles is no joke. 
it's a year injury, and really I, I hope the best for you as you rehab from that. But moving to the Steelers roster, who's active, who's on, we had a couple people that were banged up toward the end of uh, uh, the preseason for the last couple games. You had Anthony Chiquillo that hurt his chest in the second preseason game, and they held him out the other two games, practice full weeks, not even injured, not even listed. Uh, same thing with Jason Lane. He banged up his leg, it looked like, in the in the last preseason game, but he's fine. They say he's going to play. Looks like he's ready to go. He's not even on the injury list. Ole Denii, this one's the good one. Um, hurt his knee. They decided, hey, let's get meniscal surgery. And they know with Ben Roethlisberger prior, who had that same, you know, C-cut to cut out the tear as opposed to waiting for it to heal on its own, which can take, you know, months. He chose to do the quick cutout, and he's back in two weeks. And he practices, and he's ready to go. Bud Dupree hurt his thumb last game. Seems like it was minor. The other great one was Joe Hayden, who looked like he hurt himself in training camp kind of early on. And they just babied him. They said, hey, look, you know, we know you're a veteran. We know you can play. You know you're a high-caliber level player. Rest him, rest him, rest him. He's ready to go week one. Bam. Perfect. So kudos to the to the team doctors. Kudos to UPMC and the advice that they were given to get these players in there rehabbed, their surgeries, in and out, all ready for week one. It's amazing. Um, the only real injury left then is Sean Davis. Sean Davis hurt his ankle in the third preseason game. From the way it rolled, it rolled outward as opposed to inward. When an ankle rolls inward, it's a low ankle sprain, a normal sprain. When it rolls outward, it's the dreaded high ankle sprain, which is what it looked like to me. Um, so, you know, I have him marked more as being a four to six week injury as opposed to a two to four for a low ankle. And hopefully he'll be back at the end of the month, but that's where I'm, I'm spotting for, but Hey, you got Cameron Kelly coming in now from not even being in the league, from playing in the American football league this year, which is now defunct, but he played well. He's got good ball skills. Made plays all throughout training camp, all throughout the games he was pushed into. Now it's his chance to do it for real. So kudos to you. Hope to see what Cameron can do on the field. I hope he has some some great games. All right. Had to get my cat off the table. He's going to ruin my podcast. The Bengals fan anyway, that damn tabby. <laughs> so the injuries are set. We know who's in, who's out. Let's talk about the Pats. Let's talk about the matchups. And let's also talk about how going into this game, the Patriots are the team with the off-field off issues. They're the ones with the drama going on, not the Steelers. Steelers have no drama. It's zero. It's The only thing we hear from the Steelers is how great – the wide receiver room is with Juju Smith-Schuster, how positive he is on fa Facebook and Instagram, the complete antithesis of Antonio Brown on social media. Positivity, fun, go play football, do your job, work hard, love the fans. Fans love you, man. And then you see Connor with that great inspirational lead-up promo that's already leaked out on the internet. You guys got to check that out. Whatever Connor is selling, I am buying. I love that guy. I mean, he is Pittsburgh through and through. High school, college, pro. I can't see a better guy to build a team around. 
then a Pittsburgh native like him, then Juju Smith-Schuster, TJ Watt. You've got a great core, and that was in one draft. You got all three of those players in one draft. That's your core. That's your that, that's the Steelers for the next eight years. That's your core. Man, great draft. But these are the guys we get to go behind now. But on the Patriots side, we got little issues. You know, Gronk's gone, obviously. You know, it's kind of a deal. That's not really, really affecting them so much. But you got Patrick Chung out there. They're starting safety with a felony drug possession charge in the state of New York. He denies it. I mean, he's playing on Saturday, but that's still hanging over his head. Can't You can't escape that white dust. Got to step over it every time you're coming in and off the sideline. You got it. Every yard marker, every 10 yards, five yards. It's on the back of his mind. No, I'm, that's just me. But still, other fans will be thinking it. If he falls down and gets field chalk all over his jersey and helmet, imagine those memes coming out. That'll be funny. Oh. <laughs> uh. You got Josh Gordon coming back, too. And there's another guy that the, you know, if the league is has anything to say, it is about how willing it's able to embrace players for doing pot. You know, I personally think it's a, a low issue. It's not performance enhancing. It's more of a pain management than performance enhancing. I think it should be allowed in the NFL. One day it will be, but it's the rule now. And his third full suspension for a year, pretty much, just came and went a little early, in my opinion. He got reinstated immediately. Okay, he's back in the league. He can play. I remember when that happened to Martavis Bryant for the Steelers. All right, you're reinstated, but you can't practice. You got to do this first. All right, you can practice, but you can't play in games. You got to do this first. All right, now you can play in games. I mean, that was the progression. It, it took weeks to get Martavis Bryant reinstated. Josh Gordon, media darling, never a problem with drugs, other than three years being suspended for it. Never a problem with drugs. Come on back in the league. Patriots need you. Tommy Boy needs you. Get back in the game. It's in my mind when I see him line up. We'll see how he does. He's going to be rusty, but he is a talent. But we'll see if he's on the same page with another hiatus like he's had because obviously he couldn't practice when you're suspended from the league. You can't practice. He didn't practice all preseason. He's only practiced this week. So we'll see how much of a factor he is in this game. But that's more drama than the Steelers have. What's going on in Steeler land? Team. It's all about the team this season. Ben is refreshed. He's happy. He's ready to go. And you can see it. I mean, listen to him in the interviews. You can see he, there's more joy in his face. There's nothing weigh him, weighing him down this year. There's nobody telling him to throw him the damn ball. He's going to be a new guy this year. And what you got to realize, too, is last year, Ben led the league in passing yardage. He led the league in completions. He led the league in attempts. He led the league in plays over 40 yards. He led the league in interceptions. I know he led the league in interceptions. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is Ben is a league leader. 
Drew Brees leads the league in the yardage. NFL falls over the... Oh, Drew Brees is amazing. Look at him lead the league in yardage. Such a great quarterback. Peyton Manning leads the league in yardage. Oh, my gosh. Peyton, Peyton Manning. Oh, look at those yards. Look at those yards. He's amazing. Amazing. Ben, nothing. Never gets any any credit. Never gets the credit. Two Super Bowl wins? Meh. It, it was your MVP wide receivers. Not you. Not you doing that drive. I mean, that was all. That was all. San Antonio Holmes. That was his whole drive. Other than that throw to Nate Washington. It was all San Antonio Holmes. I mean, come on. If it wasn't for San Antonio Holmes, they wouldn't have a championship. I mean, that's a good argument. But Ben was the one that threw every damn ball on that drive. And San Antonio Brown did not. Oh, San Antonio Brown. That's so funny. <laughs> Look at me making mountains out of molehills. San Antonio Holmes didn't catch every dri- every catch on that drive. But he did have an he was the MVP of that playoffs, in my opinion. He had a big play in, in every game to help push them to the victory in every game. So I'm not going to be really harsh on him, but I did think Ben did deserve the uh, the uh, MVP that year. And any other quarterback bringing a game-winning drive at the end of the game to win that game instantly wins the MVP of any other Super Bowl ever played. Not Ben, but he's not sore. He's going to come back this this year refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready to distribute the football, which is what he does best anyway, giving it to everybody. Oh, no, they don't have Antonio Brown anymore. He's not going to get his numbers. He's not, he's not going to be the, the, the best anymore. He's going to fall apart. Let me tell you, people. Receivers don't make Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger makes receivers. That's one of the big reasons why the Steelers are so good at drafting receivers is because they have a Hall of Fame quarterback chucking them footballs. See, even my categories. And he's a Bengals fan. But either way, Ben is here to show he's going to give the ball to everybody. You don't have Antonio Brown, doesn't matter. Juju Smith-Schuster had more receptions and more yardage last year than Antonio Brown. You got an all-world tight end that will knock you out on a 75-yard touchdown run. We got our own Gronk-ish player. I love Vance. He's there to make plays. He's ready to play. You got Washington on the other side. And I'll tell you, I was harder on Washington than anybody else last year. He played a lot of downs, 500. He did not get a lot of yardage. But in the preseason, he looks thinner, faster, running better routes, running quicker routes, attacking that ball in the air like he did in college. That's when he's at his best, when he's attacking the football. Then you have Dante Moncrief. A lot of people might forget about him, but man, is that guy loaded with talent. He can play all three receiver positions, the slot, the two outsides. He's quick, runs great routes, has great hands, knows how to create space. I think he's going to be one of the most loved stealers a month into this season. That guy just knows how to get open and make plays. And he's a possession receiver, great hands. Looking forward to him doing some work on the on the field. 
But pair that with Washington, who was most improved this season, and he showed in all preseason games this year, as opposed to one preseason game that he had one excellent preseason game. The rest were like, meh. This past one, he made a play, a big play in every preseason game that he played in. And he's ready. I, I honestly think he's going to make a big move this year. Because I was the hardest on it, but I'll give him the kudos when I see it. And I see it on this field this year. But I'm the Steelers are going to do something else this year that, you know, they really haven't done in a while. Well, I guess they, they kind of did it with Bell. But you've got two running backs coming out of the backfield and Connor and Jalen Samuels, who I even think is a better root runner than Bell. He's not a better running back than Le'Veon Bell, but he is, I believe he's a better root runner. He came out of college, 75, 85, 95 catches a season. He was more of a slot receiver and a slap back than he was a, a running back. Steelers made him a running back. That was his first year as a running back last year. He goes out and he rips up over 100 yards rushing against the Patriots last season and nearly got over 200 yards total against the Pats. He was a big reason why the Steelers won last year. And I expect the Steelers to go heavy on both running the football against the Patriots and passing it to their running backs because that's where you're going to make up all of those plays that would have gone to Brown. You're going to hit these guys underneath. If they try to bracket guys, if they try to put too many guys in coverage, these guys are going to kill you underneath. Switzer won the job inside. Kudos to him. He's a tough guy. He brings the toughness inside. He's going to try to go through you as opposed to around you. Steelers need that kind of toughness, too. And it's a tough team. You got good blockers all around. Juju's an excellent blocker. Washington, that was the one thing he did great last season. He was the second best blocker on the team as a wide receiver. And he executed his blocks excellently last year. He will continue to do so this year. I'm not sure how Moncrief is going to look. We'll have to get into games to see how he does, but I think probably in two down, two receiver running sets are probably going to be Washington and Juju because they give you that ability to both catch the football and block, depending on what they're going for. So how do you attack the Patriots this year? Kind of what you did last year. Balanced rushing attack. Hit the, hit the running backs. Short yardage pass plays out of the backfield. Create mismatches with your... Players going in motion and stacking and bunching, running them off of rubs. That's how you play. Hit the open guy. On the other side, it looks like the Patriots have, have gone more to a power rushing scheme. They want to be a power football, and Sony Michelle last season in the playoffs showed he can do it. He had a great game in Kansas City, had a great Super Bowl, and Tom Brady ain't getting any younger. He ain't. He needs some help. He needs those running backs to help take the ball out of his hands for a more, more downs this year than what he would have had in previous years. So it'll be interesting to see them try to line up in a power game against the Steelers because I think the Steelers are equipped now to handle it. They got younger and faster. You got Barron at linebacker which is a, a big pull even before they drafted Bush. And then they drafted Bush. And now, now they're fast as hell the inside. They got Nelson on the outside. That's a bona fide player as well. Safeties are coming back with another year together. Joe Hayden's Joe Hayden. Mike Hilton's Mike Hilton. Love that guy. 
maybe the best front seven in all of football. Three solid defensive players across that line. Hargrave, Tewitt, Hayward. All three of them can rush the passer, collapse a pocket, and sh- and shed tackles and make plays in the backfield for tackles for loss or for short gains. Plus, they pursue downfield too, which is something that th- these guys are just athletic freaks. Steelers have three athletic freaks on defensive line. I love watching them every game. And to see them all three healthy, I pity any quarterback that's got to see all three of them healthy at the same time. And that's what that's what Tom Brady's going to get week one. Then you got your linebackers back there, a bunch of first-rounders. Except for Vance Williams, but you got Bush, you got Dupree, you got Watt. Watt's going to try to show his brother that he's better than him this year. Is he? I don't know, but this guy has a fire in him. He, he wants to be the best, just like his brother is. And he wants to be better than his brother. If you have a brother, you brothers out there, if you have a brother... That's that's and you're a younger brother and your brother's known for being a great player and you try to get in the same sport, you better sure as hell be better than him. Because that's what you want. You don't want people to see you as the little brother. You want to see the, be seen as the better brother. And that's what competition does to brothers. They love each other. Don't get me wrong. You're not that's never gonna ruin the relationship, but it's a healthy competition, and it's one of brotherly love, and I can't wait to see TJ out there try to show his older brother. Hey, look, I belong in the conversation as being one of the best in the league. Because it will only make the Steelers better. And Dupree looks like he's actually got more than one pass rushing move in this preseason. He's not just going wide around the corner trying to bend and beat with speed. He's showing he can use his hands, come back inside, stop and shift, punch, spin. I don't care what he does. As long as he gets pressure and collapses the pocket, I want him to have a good year. It's a contract year. So he will be giving his best this season. And hopefully he gives it this season without these nagging injuries like he's been having in the past. So I'm happy with the way the Steelers match up against the Patriots. I'm not afraid this game. The Steelers have already shown last year they can play with the Patriots. They don't need James Conner to play with the Patriots. They did it with a guy that's playing running back for his first full season ever. And they beat the Patriots. And he had a killer game. That's great game planning. That's something that the Steelers coaches don't always get credit for. In the last two times they played the Patriots, they were it was their game. Both games. One was a rule interpretation. The other, Jalen Samuels had a great game. And the defense did just enough to stop it at the end as well. But this year, I really like the defense better. I'm actually excited about the defense. I think they've got a chance of getting turnovers. And I actually think the Steelers are going to win this week. I do. I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm a homer. I love the Steelers. They're my favorite team. Hell, I write for the Steelers at SteelerNation.com. Come check, catch my articles. And hell, I run the SteelerNation.com podcast. But I feel really good about this game. Steelers are starting to match up well against New England. That was the team they were kind of building to beat. And they've got all the pieces. So, you know, minus turnovers, this game can be played really well, and Steelers may shock the world, but they won't be shocking me because I see them winning this week. Let's say 
24 to 14. That's my prediction. We'll see how they do. So thanks, Steeler fans, and thanks, Steeler Nation, for hanging with me today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed being here my first time. But hell, I can't wait to see the Steelers play for meaningful football this week. And I hope you're as excited as I am. Come on over to SteelerNation.com. We can chat. I got on the football forum there as Cope. And I love just interacting with such knowledgeable player fans, and they always get the quickest news up there almost immediately. It's like a social media site. It's like having Twitter and Instagram all in one spot. These guys are great about getting all the info up as it happens. So come on over to SteelerNation.com. Check out the forum. You can also tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. And thanks again, guys, for joining the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. And I'm your host, G Stryker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!